know about you, but after I had my first little one, I'll never forget, you know, wanting to jump on the trampoline and telling my mom, oh man, I wish I could jump on the trampoline, but I'm going to pee myself. And her just going, oh, yep, welcome to motherhood. That's why I haven't jumped on a trampoline in, you know, 20 years. (laughs) And that was the message I continued to get throughout those early days of motherhood before I knew any better that leaking and these other symptoms that we're going to talk about in today's episode are just normal and part of motherhood. And sadly, I didn't just get this from my mom and, you know, other mom friends. My provider, my OB also were giving me these messages that, oh, yep, that's just part of it. Or, you know, that the pain I was feeling was just part of it. And it's not, it's not okay. And once I knew better, that was really where a lot of my passion came for pelvic health and wanting to just spread the word. So everybody knew that while all of these symptoms mentioned in today's episode are very, very common, they are not normal, which means we can do something about it. We don't have to suffer and we shouldn't. So stop putting on those pretty pee underwear and pads when you're going on your run or going to exercise or at any point in your day. If you are having to put those liners in frequently or if you're having to plan your trips around bathroom locations, please go seek some help. So inside today's episode, you are going to get a little list of a lot of the symptoms that I see regularly in my practice that most of my patients have just thought were normal, didn't know that they could get help and relieve those symptoms. So after today's episode, if you resonate with any of the symptoms inside, please go to a pelvic floor PT, send me a DM, let's get you on a consult. I do virtual sessions and let's restore that pelvic floor before symptoms get worse and cause significant pain and decline in your function and quality of life. There is no reason we should be suffering with these symptoms for years and years and years. There is a taboo around the pelvic floor space, especially when it comes to things like pain with sex and these parts of our culture have made it such a stigma that we don't want to dive into even when we feel brave enough to bring it up to our provider finally. And they give us that message of, oh yeah, that's just normal part of motherhood. And they send us on our way, or maybe they do run some tests to help us figure it out. And lo and behold, those, the images and the testing come back normal, but I'm still having pain. I'm still having leaking. I'm still having heaviness. Like what is going on? These women come to me and we do the pelvic exam and we find all of these other underlying dysfunctions that unfortunately they could have gotten help with years earlier and avoided so much pain and leaking and other dysfunctions. So stay tuned for today's episode. I know it's going to teach you guys a little bit more about what is normal and what is common in our society and just with our pelvic floor. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Desiree Cassell. I'm an orthopedic and pelvic floor physical therapist specializing in women's health, aka pelvic floor. I'm a wife, mom of three, foodie, lover of all things movement in nature, and I'm super passionate about educating, empowering, and supporting other women like you to find and maintain balance throughout all aspects of their lives without pain, pressure, or peeing their pants. And this is the Balanced Momtality Podcast, where we will talk about all things pelvic floor, your core, and optimizing your pregnancy, birth, and postpartum recovery. 
providing you with the knowledge and tools so that you can feel like the strong, playful, and happy mom that you and your family deserve. Now let's get you out of those pads and back to loving movement. Fill up your water, pop in those AirPods, roll out your mat, and let's connect. Before we start today's episode, just a quick disclaimer that anything mentioned in this podcast is not meant to treat or diagnose any medical conditions. If you have any questions or concerns about your healthcare needs, please seek the care of your medical provider. This is also a safe space where we will be talking about very sensitive but important topics, such as issues with peeing and pooping, relationships, and even sex. So if you have littles around, probably a good idea to pop those AirPods in. But otherwise, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey friend, I hope your week is starting smoothly. I am rolling with the punches here. Summer is proving to be challenging with getting in podcast recordings. So I am currently in my closet and this podcast is coming out a little later than planned. However, still making it out on Monday. So hopefully you guys are catching this as soon as it's coming out. But today I really just wanted to give a really quick but juicy episode on some things that I am really passionate about changing, some messages in our culture that are just really contributing to this taboo around pelvic health and also just these symptoms and dysfunctions that we accept as normal and part of our day-to-day life, and especially when it comes to motherhood and pregnancy and postpartum, there's way too many things that we're just accepting as women. And it's not okay. I was one of these women who were told by family and friends, and unfortunately, even by my OB and my providers going through my different pregnancies that a lot of these symptoms were quote unquote normal. And so of course I accepted it, that this was part of my motherhood journey. And it really is a bummer because for me personally, it led to a significant decline in my functional ability to walk during my pregnancy and especially be any more active during my pregnancy. And then postpartum, Definitely, I avoided so many different activities. I was afraid of leaking, afraid of making my diastasis worse. You know, it's it's a bummer. And, and that's really a lot of why I do what I do is, you know, once I learned better and knew how the body's supposed to function and that, in fact, we don't and actually should not be accepting these symptoms and dysfunctions as normal and a part of life because they don't need to be. And so this episode is just a quick little list of some of those common symptoms that we're accepting in our day-to-day life. And I just want you to be aware that this is not normal. It is very, very common, which is why our providers and our friends and our family you know, we're accepting all of this, but we shouldn't because we can do better. There are solutions out there. This episode is not here to give you all of those solutions. However, it is here just to educate you and make you aware of what those symptoms are so that you don't have to suffer with them. And if you are 
not getting help for these issues, please seek help from a pelvic floor PT. And if your provider is not referring you to a pelvic floor PT, please be your biggest advocate and ask for one of those referrals. And if you're in one of the many states like New Mexico, where I am located, it is a direct access state. And this means you do not need a referral to go to a PT, okay? Especially for out-of-network cash-based practices like myself, you do not need a referral. So please go seek help before you let those symptoms drag out and cause a lot more dysfunction and issues down the line. Because unfortunately, I see so many women who have been struggling with these common but not normal symptoms for years because they did accept this as normal and part of life. And unfortunately, when we deal with symptoms for years, it now becomes a layering process of compensations, other dysfunctions. And so it's a longer process to heal because we're uncovering each layer, trying to find the root cause. And it is a longer process the longer we wait. So Just go seek help if any of these symptoms that I'm going to list in today's episode ring true to you. So number one, you guys, the biggest one that I hear the most, and it's just, (laughs) it's actually really kind of unfortunate. I don't want to say funny, but I can't help but, you know, giggle, especially inside (laughs) when I have a patient, right? So this person's coming into my office. I'm screening them, even if they're not coming in for pelvic floor problems, if they're coming in for foot, knee, back, neck, shoulder, all of these things can be related to pelvic floor. And so I'm screening for pelvic floor and I do ask, do you have any leaking? Uh, no. Like, okay. Well, not more than normal. And this is where I giggle (laughs) because it is never normal. Okay. It is never normal to leak. Not even a little bit. You know, I, I can, and I should put in this caveat that when we're pregnant, especially towards that last trimester, those last months, baby is big, baby is weighing on our bladder. You know, our pelvic floor is working so hard and we might see a few little dribbles here and there. Maybe it's a sneeze or a cough or, you know, maybe got off a curb too far. You had to jog to catch your toddler and you'd leaked a tiny, tiny bit. You know, yes, with a huge baby weighing on your bladder, this is a lot more common and you might see a tiny little bit of leaking that you don't really necessarily need to be super concerned about, you know. However, I still even then think that those are little signs that, oh, your pelvic floor is getting maxed out and it's not able to keep up with the extra demands. And this might be because even before pregnancy, you had a layer of weakness that was there that maybe you didn't really know because it was functioning for you still and keeping you from leaking until there was just enough weight from baby added up pressure going down on the baby and onto your bladder and causing you to leak all of a sudden. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have pelvic floor dysfunction when you're in that last stage and baby is pushing down pressure. However, even then, especially if postpartum that leaking shows back up or is worse, this is not normal. But even at any stage of life, you guys, even if you've never had kids, 
it is not normal to leak. So please, please, you know, don't have it in my mind, in your mind. Oh, I just leak when I sneeze. I just leak when I cough a little bit. And it's just a few dribbles. It's fine. It's normal. Everybody's doing it, especially if you've had kids. I don't know about you, but that was the message I got right after with, um, especially, you know, jumping on trampoline, running and having that kind of running joke of, oh, nope, can't do that. I'm going to pee myself and having so many other people in my life, including my own mom, who she has had seven kids. It's like, oh, well, yep, that's why I don't jump on the trampoline anymore. Like, welcome to motherhood. And that's the message that I've heard from so many of my patients as well is that, oh, I just thought that was part of it. (laughs) And unfortunately, it's become part of our experience as mothers, but it shouldn't be. And I really, really just want everybody to know we don't have to pee our pants and you can get back on that trampoline without peeing your pants. You can sneeze without peeing your pants. You can run without peeing your pants, all the things. So please, if you are leaking, please go seek some support. So yes, number one is leaking and leaking is urinary incontinence. Okay. And so urinary incontinence is that leaking of urine and also feces, you guys, or stool. If you guys are leaking stool or gas and you're passing gas uncontrollably or stool uncontrollably without that capacity to retain it and control it, this is also a dysfunction. But I think that especially when it comes to stool, people are a lot more concerned and are more like, oh yeah, no, this isn't normal. I should be able to hold in my poop. Why is it just coming out? I need help. But for some reason on the urinary side, we just accept those little dribbles (laughs) and we should not. So any amount, not normal, go seek help. Okay. So urinary incontinence, number one, not normal. Number two is the urinary frequency going to the bathroom all the time, just in and out of the bathroom throughout the day. You know, especially if you're one of those people who feel like you need to go to the bathroom or you can't, or, um, sorry, you feel like you have to plan your trips around where bathrooms are and you're nervous to ever leave your house. Um, without knowing where there's a bathroom or you're nervous for long car rides because you always have to go to the bathroom. You know, if your functional social ability is getting limited based on your need to go to the bathroom and that urgency of, oh shoot, I either have to go all the time or maybe it's the urgency, which is, you know, another we're kind of mixing two um, things here together, urinary urgency, where you do also feel like, oh my gosh, I have to get to the bathroom right now or I'm going to leak. These are bladder symptoms that are not normal. We need to normalize this. And this is a really um, neat thing in Uh, therapy when I'm working with patients because while yes, we look at the structural alignment of the pelvis and the strength of the pelvic floor, the motor control of the pelvic floor, all of these physical things that we can work on, we also work a lot with the brain bladder reflex here because a lot of this is patterning that the brain is learning. And so just rewiring that reflex is so powerful and can completely change that urge and that need to always be in the bathroom. So urinary urgency, urinary frequency, this need to always be going into the bathroom. And um, I want to kind of define frequency because that might mean different things to different people. But typically we want to see 
you are able to hold it in store for at least two to four or five hours, okay? So if you're in the bathroom every 30 minutes, definitely urinate frequency. However, even if you're finding yourself in the bathroom every hour, hour and a half, that's still too much, okay? Your bladder is a muscle and it needs to be able to stretch and hold and store urine. And if you are going to the bathroom before that bladder is getting full and able to stretch, you're essentially dealing with a stiff muscle, okay? So this is a process and we're not just looking at strength and and motor control and um, flexibility of the muscles and the skeletal alignment here. But again, we are looking at that brain bladder reflex. So Urinary frequency, urinary urgency, another thing, not normal, okay? Go seek some help. So again, another thing is pain with sex. So this is something I've been seeing so much of lately. And it's really sad because, again, I think that as women, we've had so much, um, there's a lot of different pressures we put on ourselves And just even with society and this being more of a taboo topic, we accept a level of discomfort when we should not. And unfortunately, this does lead to significant pain and other significant painful conditions like vaginismus, where the vaginal tissue really just tightens up and closes up because it doesn't want to let anything in. It's somewhat traumatized. And I believe this starts when we're ignoring our body and ignoring those initial discomfort and pain signals. And especially if you've if you've experienced any sort uh, form of trauma or sexual assault. And you know, this trauma doesn't even have to occur in your pelvic area. It could be a mental trauma. It could be, you know, a car, it could, car accident. It could be any type of trauma. And the pelvic floor muscles can hold a lot of this memory and things just tighten up. But especially if you have a uh, trauma or history with any type of sexual assault or a traumatic birth, these things more local to that pelvic floor very, very common to have those muscles just really clench up and tighten up. And so any amount of discomfort or pain with sex, we call it dyspareunia. And it is not okay. It is not normal. Please don't force your partners or feel the pressure to um, uh, participate in any form of intimacy that is painful. I hope everybody has that level of comfort with their partners. And I just to be able to communicate with them. Okay. And if not, I really just encourage you to, um, listen to your own body's boundaries. And if you don't feel safe communicating with your partner, then maybe that person isn't the person you should be being intimate with or waiting and backing that intimacy up to a different level that is more pleasurable. Okay. So any amount of pain with this, with, uh, intercourse penetration, even external, you know, palpation of any amount of the vulvar tissue that is painful also not normal go seek some help okay so another one is just pelvic pain and this can obviously look like pelvic pain you know pain in the tailbone pain in the perineum pain in the uh, vaginal area pain in the pubic bone area any pain in that pelvic floor space also not normal and this can look like pain with sitting Um, even having just really bad pain with, um, wellness exams or pap smears and having some traumatic incidences with that. And 
this also can contribute to those conditions we talked about um, earlier with like vaginismus and these other more chronic painful uh, conditions and any amount of pain is the body's way of warning us and trying to inform us that something isn't right and when we ignore these painful stimuli over and over and over and we override it and just try and power through whether it's to have intercourse or because we have to sit through a long car ride or you know whatever we're doing or oh I'm supposed to get this wellness exam so let's just dissociate and disconnect and power through this is where trauma happens to our body and our muscles it's super important to be in tune with your body and if you're having trouble figuring out why the pain is there then again please go seek some help especially if you are getting frequent symptoms like UTIs that are testing negative for uh, any type of bacteria and um, this is kind of something chronic I hear in people's histories that they have all these UTIs, but they're coming up negative and um, they're just having tension or difficulty with their urine stream or with holding urine or initiating urine. These can all be signs of pelvic floor tightness. And the tightness is really usually where all of that pain starts to show up. So if you're seeing some of those early, if you're not really having much pain yet, but you're seeing signs like difficulty initiating your urine stream or fully emptying or those frequent UTI symptoms, the burning, the, the pressure, the urgency to void and go to the bathroom. These are signs that things are tightening up and we need to get on that ASAP. And this is why Kegels are not always the best idea when we think of just the heal all for pelvic floor dysfunction because it can usually make things worse if we're dealing with tightness. If we have a tight muscle, we need to first work on relaxing that muscle before we can strengthen it. So just if you're having any of those symptoms, again, go seek some help. So another huge one that is not normal that I see all the time is pressure. Any amount of pressure in the pelvic area, not normal. We want to make sure you're not dealing with a level of prolapse, which is when those pelvic organs are starting to fall down out of your body and into the vaginal canal. And again, not okay, not good. These pelvic organs are being held up by connective tissue. And yes, the pelvic floor does a huge role in supporting. So it has to be strong enough and flexible enough to adapt to different pressures and everything to withstand pressure to hold up those organs. However, if our pressure management strategies are not right and we're bearing down all the time or we're constipated and having to push and strain or we're just slouched and we're putting pressure down on our pelvic floor from our posture or we're coughing all the time, any of these things that are increasing pressure, especially if you've had babies and the weight of baby during pregnancy or if you have already a genetic loose connective tissue condition, you know, like earlier down those, these place you at risk for pelvic organ prolapse. And once those connective tissues are stretched out, there's only so much tightening they can do to support. So it's really crucial to get on these types of symptoms sooner than later. And pelvic organ prolapse can look like pressure, um, like you're sitting on a, it can feel like you're sitting on a ball of tissue. Um, many women just see it or feel there's like a ball of tissue coming through the vaginal space where they just see and feel during the shower or whatever, or during toileting hygiene that 
oh, something's there that didn't used to be there and get that checked out. Not only because we want to make sure if it's, you know, nothing super scary, like a mass or anything like that or a tumor, but more likely it's prolapse. And again, still super critical to make sure we prop up those organs as soon as possible so that we're not stretching through that connective tissue even more. Um, And another symptom I see a lot with this one is like the tampon. The tampon doesn't go in all the way. feels like it's going around a bend or it's coming out a lot when I'm trying, as soon as I get up and move around. And so just keep an eye on those, that sensation of heaviness or pressure or things coming out. um, Because again, want to prevent that tissue from stretching out. So any amount of that pelvic organ prolapse symptoms, please, please go in, get it checked out. The next and last but not least, there are so many pelvic floor symptoms that show up that in our culture that we do just accept. But I think this next one, it's not necessarily pelvic floor, but that core midline diastasis recti, that bulging and coning through that abdomen space, through that six-pack ab line right in the middle uh, with the belly button. This is where we can see umbilical hernias or that huge gapping in the abs during pregnancy and postpartum. And some level of this is normal. 100% of pregnant women get this to some degree during pregnancy, especially if they make it full term. Baby is stretching out those abs and they're accommodating. This is a normal adaptation. So a lot of people hear diastasis recti and they freak out because things are tearing and pulling apart. But this is a natural occurrence in our body to make room for that growing baby. However, where it becomes an issue is when, again, too much pressure is going through that already stretched out connective tissue, which is stretching it out even more and does place you at risk for things like umbilical hernias, where that tissue completely tears and now you have your intestines coming through that space and not even umbilical hernia, but any type of hernia. Um, And in that space, we just want to be careful of that excessive pressure and make sure that we can retain that core pressure with that deep corset that you've been working so hard on so that those outer muscles can engage without increasing pressure in places it shouldn't and shoving those pressure into diastasis causing a more prolapsed tissue and a diastasis recti that we want to now heal postpartum. So at around 6 to 10, 12 weeks postpartum, if you are still seeing significant coning or doming, it looks like there's an alien coming out of your belly, especially when you're doing movements like sitting up from a couch or getting out of bed, sitting up. And hopefully, you guys, you're realizing, and especially in pregnancy, we kind of realize, oh, I can no longer sit up. And it's kind of a good thing because the more we do that, we can place tension on those tissues and cause them to tear a little bit and become thinned out. So rolling over and doing that nice log roll technique that our body kind of forces us to do during pregnancy is also what we want to do in those early postpartum stages to protect that stretched out abdominal wall and make sure that we are not putting those extra forces through that midline. And so again, in that postpartum stage, if you're still seeing those um, coning, doming, pitching through that abdomen, and if you're not sure what this looks like, Google it. You know, it's not, it, it's a pretty easy accessible thing to, to figure out what it looks like. And also go seek pelvic floor PT care if you're not con, uh, fully sure if you've got it and if you've got it to a degree that needs a little bit more support and help because this is something that, you know, it doesn't necessarily cause pain. Um, however, 
it does indirectly, it's really linked and correlated with back pain. So if you have back pain and you have a little bit of that diastasis stretched out um, gap in your midline, that could be a big cause of it. So we want to get those abs and that core strong enough that your back isn't taking all of that load and it will significantly help your back pain. So don't deal with that coning or doming um, coming through your midline. Make sure you know and are aware how to engage that deep corset so that you're preventing pressure from going in one place or the other and we're creating an equal pressure management throughout the entire system. So I could talk about so many other things with pelvic floor, especially when it comes to things that are not normal. But I hope today in this episode, you just got a quick gist of a few of the things we see in today's society that are not normal. So I really want you to just be an advocate for yourself, be an advocate for your friend, your mom, your grandma, your sister. If you hear any of these symptoms, leaking, pressure, pain with sex, you know, urgency, going to the bathroom all the time, freak, like that urinary frequency. We just want to normalize that this is not normal. That is what we want to normalize. Not that, oh, look, we've got these pretty urinary incontinence underwear now that have flowers on them and they're thin. They feel like underwear. This is masking the problem. This is a band-aid. This is not, oh, let's put on the pad to go on the run. No, if you're wearing pads to exercise at all, come seek help. That is not normal. And it's actually a boundary. All of these things are boundaries. The pain, the pressure, the leaking. They are boundaries that your body is trying to tell you you are doing too much or you're doing it in a poor motor plan where we're putting pressure places that it cannot manage and we're seeing those symptoms show up. So don't wait for the pain because sometimes we see leaking first. Sometimes we see things like a little bit of pressure. Maybe it's a little back pain. Maybe my tampon isn't quite fitting. Maybe certain positions in sex are a little uncomfortable, but eh, that's normal, right? No. Okay, all of these are early signs of pelvic floor dysfunction. So get on it ASAP. And I hope you found today's episode helpful and informative. I will see you here next time on the Balance Mentality Podcast. Well, that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day. I know you've got so many other important things going on, but I hope it was helpful and you leave here with some tools to help you in your healing journey. And I just want to ask you if you have found this helpful to please leave a review on iTunes. Scroll down to the bottom of my podcast page and leave that five-star review so it can help other women see this information. And also, if you want to be a part of my community of amazing women trying to balance all the things, great tips and insight and sharing stories and just motivating each other along the way, feel free to join my Facebook group, The Balanced Mentality Wellness and Support. I hope to see you here next time on The Balanced Mentality Podcast.